This episode of More Than That is brought to you by Pampers. Explore helpful pregnancy guides, free childbirth education classes, and more at pampers.com slash pregnancy. I think Black women are focused on being the glue and the thing that keeps everything together. So if she's like that all the time, she has no time to take care of herself. No, I do not feel like Black women take care of themselves as well as they take care of other people. Uh, No, no, no. They are entirely too altruistic and it is, is usually detrimental to their health. Like my mother had seven kids. She pretty much raised us as a single parent. So she was always working. It's time to tell the truth because I feel like there's not a lot of truth being told amongst women and especially women in the public eye. Black mothers are the heart and soul of the Black community. But who cares for them when they're at their most vulnerable, when they are bringing life into the world? I'm speaking with doctors Brandi Jackson, Brittany James, and Jessica Richardson about Black maternal health. Then September of 2020, they started the Institute of Anti-Racism in Medicine, so I knew I had to have them on for today's discussion. A lot of these topics touch on my conversations with Melanie Fiona and Sasha Mitchell Fuller when it comes to issues Black women face in childbirth. Their stories are very different, but they also share similarities, encountering bias, wrestling with the medical system, and trying to live their lives and their truth while they're at their most vulnerable. Black women doctors have a very close place in my heart because my mommy is one, and I am just... I stand. Like, I'm ready to have this combo. Sounds good. We are happy to be here. We are so glad to be here. I wanted to speak to you all. Do any of you all deliver babies? After residency, I stopped because I have kids Mm -hmm. of my own, and I can't wake up at 2 a.m. to deliver babies anymore. (laughs) It's real life out here. Um, We we both, so we trained together. We all had to do at least 40 deliveries to graduate. Um, And then even today, me and Dr. Jess still take care of prenatal patients and of course, newborns. So we're still very much in that world and love it. I love that you all were like, look, I delivered a lot of babies, but I need to be able to go to sleep and sleep through the night. You know, doctors, Black doctors matter too. And we need y'all. Clearly, we need y'all. And I want to move on to the mindset and emotional health because that is such a major element of everything that we do as Black people, but especially uh, as mothers or, or people who are about to deliver. And so, Dr. Brandy, as our resident psychiatrist, what do you think, how does it affect their anxiety in that moment? Well, that's a great question. When most people think of pregnancy, they imagine all the beautiful moments, and there are so many beautiful moments to appreciate. For Black women, though, that joy is really interrupted by anxiety and stress. My advice for women who are going through this would be to feel the anxiety, understand that it's there, talk about it with someone that you trust, a friend, a family member, someone from church, a therapist, all of the above, and name it and speak it and understand that you're right about it. It isn't in your head. You're right, and it's okay. Make a plan, and then you have to leave it there and work to leave it there. It's much easier said than done, but I think Black women, of all people, deserve the joy. I always say that being happy while being in a Black body is an act of revolution in and of itself. And I think pregnancy, that's even more true. And being happy in a black body is revolutionary. Are you an author as well? Like, I need the book. I need the. I need. I need it. We literally talk about like this, like 
even if you weren't here, this is exactly how we talk. Yes. <laughs> oh, am I lying? I love that. Um, and we spoke to women, Melanie Fiona, the singer, songwriter, Grammy Award winning, just savant herself, and uh, Sasha Mitchell Fuller, who is an Emmy Award winning television producer and a mom of three. Melanie actually experienced preeclampsia during labor when had to have an emergency C-section. She felt like her body failed her. And so I want to ask you what happens to your body during preeclampsia and then what triggers that? Yeah, great question. And I would say a lot of it is we we don't know. You're pregnant, your blood pressure starts going up, up, up. And that is kind of the tip off that something is really wrong. The only way to stop it is to deliver the baby. If the baby's not ready, we'll have to go in and do a C-section because we literally don't have time for the woman to push her out on her own if it's that serious. Okay, so I am here with the incredibly talented, incredibly beautiful, incredibly everything, Miss Melanie Fiona, singer, songwriter, mother. Years ago, seven weeks after you had your beautiful son, you went on YouTube and you said, it's time to tell the truth. And that video to date has almost 600,000 views. What inside of you was like, I have to tell the truth about what just happened to me? So I think it's a few things. I am a very emotionally transparent person. I'm one of those people where you know what's happening by the way my face looks. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was the only thing I could do, not just for myself, for healing. When I sing these songs, whether they're heartbreak songs, love songs, um, social justice songs, whatever it is, anything that it is, there's always a connection to other people being like, Yes, that's how I feel. Oh my gosh, you wrote this song for me. This song helped me. And so I think having that foundation as an artist who's been able to connect with people on that level, I knew for a fact that this is what new moms have to be feeling. And the problem is that we are conditioned to believe that, um, you know, childbirth and motherhood is this just very natural and easy thing for everyone. And I've seen it time and time again with my friends and women in my family. I mean, from the moment I got pregnant to the anxiety and fear that kicked in then that I suffered in silence with, I mean, that first two months wasn't filled with joy for me. It was filled with absolute fear and terror of how my life was about to change. That video was to share all the things that I wish someone would have told me, prepared me for, and really just to extend a true sense of support for other women out there that I know have to be feeling this way. Yes. In your video, you talked about how you were in yoga, you were reading everything, you had a birth plan, you had a doula, all the things in the world. What happened in the hospital um, that really just changed everything for you in that moment? I got to the hospital and I remember immediately the nurse that took me in, she was like, okay, I'm going to be your nurse. I immediately knew her energy was not the case. And I just remember saying to God, I was just like, please surround me with people that are going to support me through this process. Mm -hmm. Because my mom wasn't there. I had no family or friends to support me. It was just myself, my now husband, my doula. And I had I had actually wanted it that way. I didn't want big fanfare. I, did, I wanted it to be about me and him and this baby and my support, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to the hospital and then that nurse had all her energy was bad, I prayed. And then two seconds later, this woman comes in and she was like, hi, I'm Liz. I'm going to be your new nurse. And it was like, okay, thank you for listening to me. And when I tell you that nurse, she was like an angel. She mm. stayed beyond her shift when I went in to have my emergency C-section because she was an angel. 
So I was trying to do everything holistically. I had my crystals. I had my essential oils burning. My, my doula was there with the lavender on my forehead, pressing my hips together because I was having the back labor. But I was experiencing extreme pain and I didn't know, you know, I've never had a baby before, so I didn't know what to expect. I was like, okay, it's supposed to hurt. I got to nine centimeters dilated and they're like, your baby's going to be here by noon. And then they realized that I wasn't, I couldn't go to the bathroom. They said, when's the last time you went to the bathroom? When's the last time you urinated? And I was like, I don't know, before I left the house. And they're like, you need to pee. And I couldn't use the bathroom. But when they checked me, I had regressed to seven centimeters from nine centimeters, which is like crazy. And that's when they realized that the baby was facing the wrong direction. And it just got to a point where my blood pressure wasn't going down. And they came in and they were like, you're going to have to have a C-section. And, you know, it was my it was my husband who had to tell me. And it was a very hard conversation to have because I just didn't want major surgery. I know that's a very common thing that happened for women these days, but I didn't want it for myself in that moment. I, I was trying to avoid it. And I fought for hours until they were like, look, we can't. We can't hold off on this anymore. You have to, we have to get the baby out. Your blood pressure's going so high. And so, you know, when my husband came and said, you know, I have to leave here with both of you, the reality set in. I cried. I called my mother. All the thought of like not needing anyone, instantly I was like, I want my mom. I want yes. everyone. Like, you know, it's just mortality set in. Yeah. And I was like, I could die and not be here for this child. And that would be the worst. Mm. I pulled it together. I said, okay. I mean, they came in like a SWAT team mm. and prepped me for surgery. And um, and then they, they got him out. Thank God you are here. Yes. You know, and so I'm just, when I think about Black women, the miracle that we are, the strongest. Our strength shows up for us when we need it, but our vulnerability will save our lives. You have to advocate for yourself beforehand to be like, who is in that room that is clear on what it is that I want, what it is that I need, and that is going to prioritize me and fight for me when I cannot fight for myself. I had to surrender to the idea that I didn't fail because I'm not that person anymore. I'm evolving into someone new. Mm. You know, romanticizing the idea of who I once was to try to hold on to that. It's like, you're missing out on the opportunity to celebrate who you're becoming. We're going to pause here to take a quick word from our sponsors. This episode of More Than That is brought to you by Pampers. Expecting a baby is a beautiful time, but it can come with a lot of ups, downs, joy, struggle, and changes. Pampers is here to help. Committed to helping mothers thrive for every baby's happy, healthy development. Explore helpful pregnancy guides, free childbirth education classes, and more at pampers.com pregnancy. Both Melanie and Sasha were big fans and advocates of doulas. Speak to me about the midwife doula and OBGYN differences and how they all uh, impact or contribute to a healthy birthing journey. Dust, you want to go? Yep, I'll do it. So there are different types of people who can deliver your baby. You have OB doctors. Their specialty is to deliver babies and if needed to, to surgically remove the baby. Midwives are advanced nurse practitioners. They are not surgeons, so they can't C-section you, but they will deliver the baby out of your body. A doula can be any person who is trained to help you through the birthing process. So from prenatal to postnatal, they are like your friend in crime. 
I absolutely 100% think every person should have a doula, especially Black women. Sasha Mitchell Fuller actually did, you know, all the research, had a midwife. She believes in doulas. She believes in having people there who actually care and love you. So I'd love to speak with you all about Sasha's story and how you're trying to change this system. I am here with Emmy Award-winning producer and mother of three, Sasha Mitchell Fuller. Thank you so much for being here today. So when you were going about making your birthing plan, what did you do? So I started to do some research because I needed to find someone who would deliver the baby and take care of me. And so I was able to get an amazing doula. What this doula taught me is that There are some births and hats off to those ladies. Like they don't even, they're so zen. I would watch beautiful births on YouTube. I would watch women having their baby in the water. When I would go to bed at night, I would think about having a beautiful birth rather than this can go wrong, this can go wrong. And so I was able to get an amazing doula who was in training And so it was like 300 bucks. But I told my husband, I was like, I need this. And I'll never forget, even like the day I went into labor that evening, she came to our apartment and not only did she take care of me, but she took care of my husband who like this was, you know, here I am moaning and like breathing and like going through what I'm going through. And he was just sitting there like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So like she was like taking care of everything. She let me moan. She let me groan. And she could tell from like my facial features and whatever. And it was like, okay, now it's time um, to go. And literally by the time when I got to the hospital, I literally had the baby in like, I don't know, an hour and a half because she knew, she knew she, she was there for me. And it's really sad because women need that. Birthing women need choices. I need you to offer me choices. I need you to make me feel like I matter. Right. Especially like in those moments when life can hang in the balance, you do really need someone who sees you. And Mm -hmm. I think that is the main reason why Black women are dying at alarmingly high rates during childbirth, because people have often not seen us as human beings in general. There was a stat, a woman, she had kind of became famous during the pandemic because uh, a white doctor, she posted on her TikTok that in most recent like medical books, they were taught that like Black people's skin is thicker than white people's skin. And then we don't feel pain how they feel pain. So when you hear a Serena Williams who is like, oh my God, Serena Williams, talking about they didn't hear Mm -hmm. her. They didn't Mm -hmm. listen to Mm -hmm. her. She was crying. Like, what do we have to do to be seen as equal? What do we have to do to, like, receive your compassion? I need you to care about us. So what do you all say to the critiques of the system when you hear women say, like, as a Black woman, I don't know that I'll be safe. I don't know that I'll be cared for. I don't know that I'll be seen as a full human. The first thing I would say to my fellow Black women who are feeling that is, I feel it too, to to not actually deny their experience because it's real. And it's been real for a long time. It's just that now we're getting more data to actually quantify it. The point I want to make is that medicine is not immune from capitalism. 
As doctors, I'm here to heal the people in front of me. That's my job. The money does not come through my mind. However, the hospital I work in, they care. I am oppressed by that system greatly because it hinders my ability to do my best work. And we, at times, don't have much choice, except when we say, I'm not doing it, and we walk away. And all of these sorts of little things, little air quotes, little things, add up to just a dehumanizing experience. I see it from all sides. I've caught babies. I've taken care of babies. I've been pregnant myself. I've seen it in every way possible. And so when I hear critiques like that from Black women, it hurts me to my core because I know that they are right. And when the pandemic happened, what flipped, I think, for all of us was seeing the numbers of Black and brown people dying at two and three rates of whites, but not just that, to see that nobody cared, to see the response of the government, to see the response of the hospitals, and they they were not moved by it. What I would add, too, is just my own spin as a psychiatrist. It it, it got to the point where I was in a place of wanting to give hope to my patients and, and lacking hope myself. And to me, that was the pivot. And we all asked the question, what is a healer, really? Because if you're looking around and you're in a broken system, watching it harm people, and you say nothing and do nothing, are you really a healer? And to me, I could not express my healing without the Institute. And we know that it's going to take us wearing our white coats out in the public and speaking the truth that the rest of medicine just will not speak. And so a lot of our work at the Institute is around helping healers heal themselves to be able to come to this work with their full strength. And we come at it, our stance is one of joy as we do work for justice. I love that. Joy as we work for justice. You all also talked about the beauty of birth and the beauty of bringing a life into this world. So what does a beautiful birth look like? Like, tell me what a beautiful, joyful experience of birth should look like and feel like for Black women. I just feel like so much of it starts with that woman and what it takes to make her feel powerful, protected, and just, yeah, just strong. So it can look a number of ways, but I think starting from there, so that's her calling and deciding who's in the room with her. And I would say, like, regardless of how this being came, a beautiful birth is when that mom looks at her baby and we all leave. Pregnancy, it's a private party. That's how I always felt. It was uh, My best friend was always with me. It was a private party. And then when I got to meet that person, I was like, so here you are. Let's be best friends from here on out. Like, I think that moment is the moment. I am not a mother just yet, but this episode is so important. I hope that anyone listening understands that no matter your situation, you are not alone. There's a community of people just like you that can help you make the best decisions for you and your growing family. Thank you to Melanie Fiona, Sasha Mitchell Fuller, Dr. Brandy Jackson, Dr. Brittany James, and Dr. Jessica Richardson for their insights and stories. And a major thank you to all of the change agents who advocate for Black women every single day. Check out the show notes for more of these resources mentioned throughout the show. This episode of More Than That was brought to you by Pampers. Explore helpful pregnancy guides, free childbirth education classes, and more at pampers.com slash pregnancy. Don't forget to hit subscribe, give us a good rating, and follow us at More Than That Show on all platforms.